You have to let go of the person they were in order to embrace the person they've become. And that is so hard for so many caregivers, family members, because they look the same, but their behaviors change so drastically that we can't understand what's happening to them and why they're reacting to us the way that they do. Hi, I'm Bobby, a certified caregiving consultant and educator, a caregiver support group leader, and the author of two books on caregiving. And I'm her husband, Mike, and I'm a certified caregiver advocate and a certified music therapist. And this is Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. Here we focus on the caregiver, offer practical insights, and share some emotional support. And we might even share a laugh or two, because we all know laughter is the best medicine. And don't forget the wine, Mike. Now, you know, I never, ever, ever forget your wine. And especially on Friday night. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, with my dad, we lived 200 and some miles away. And um, so we didn't see him daily. And not only that, but when we did see him, he was so introverted that it was, hi, how you doing? Everything's okay. How's the family? Okay, good. Good luck to you. And that was mostly the conversation. And we really didn't realize how his health had declined over the years while we lived away. You're absolutely true. Even though he'd been my father-in-law for 15 years, I really didn't know him very well because we did live far away. He, He was not social at all. And frankly, I thought when he came to live with us after your mom passed away and people were saying, what's gonna happen to him, knowing he couldn't live on his own, I thought once he got in my house, he would just thrive. And, you know, we, we were ignorant enough or <laughs> uneducated enough not to realize what we were taking on. Right. Um, but I'm glad that we did. Yes, indeed. Today's guest is the CEO of Synergy Home Care and is with us today to talk about benevolent probing, which is a combination of careful observation and considerate conversation to assess physical and cognitive abilities of aging loved ones, even if we can't see them in person. Um, And we could have used that, that's for sure. So we're very pleased to welcome Mr. Charlie Young. Thank you, Charlie. Hi, Hi, Charlie. Hi there, Mike. Hi there, Bobby. It's great to be with you. That's a term I had not heard before. uh, And I'm so glad that, that we found you and you're going to be able to talk to us and to our listeners about that today. I think it's so timely now. It is. It is. I'll tell you what, we were thinking about the holidays and how the world will be different because of the pandemic. We usually see a spike in inquiries uh, after Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays and it stands to reason. Um, Adult children usually spend the most prolonged time that they have with their uh, aging parents uh, during the holiday period times. And generally, that might be the only time in a given year that they get to spend that much time together. And they were no, they'll notice declines and changes. Uh, and that would prompt a phone call to us. And so in advance of the holidays this year, we, we thought we would uh, give some thought to how we could give uh, assistant, assistance to families uh, and loved ones as they will have to navigate this time period in a little different way. Absolutely. And one of the one of the disconnects between caregivers and other family members is often that 
if you only see that person for, you know, you stop in for their birthday or for an hour or two at a time and they're on their best behavior trying to hold on to their dignity, um, their impression of what you see is very different and that can cause problems. Yeah. Well, in the disconnect. Yeah, Bobby, it is, it, is, it is often difficult whether we are in normal times and we're spending time in person with our loved ones or what we anticipate now in the COVID era where it is phone calls and, and Zoom or FaceTime conversations. Um, Mike, I think you mentioned it earlier when you were talking about your father, just getting to get a real sense of what's going on. And it's difficult because, you know, our parents and, and other aging loved ones, they want to hold on to that independence and they want to put that best foot forward. And, you know, they're a little bit like teenagers. You ask them how they're doing and they'll give you a one word answer. Yeah, fine. And I, I thought of that, you know, <laughs> fine, exactly. Um, and it's not easy to have uh, the talk uh, if you start to see uh, things slipping. And so, again, uh, benevolent probing is around um, giving a framework for uh, observation and, and noticing things that you might not normally. And then also giving a framework to start that conversation. Well, I have to tell you, when you're talking about aging parents, I'm definitely in that demographic, and I'm glad to be aging because the alternative is not very pleasant. <laughs> um, but I tend to not be real open with my kids if I'm having a difficulty. I, I kind of want to spare them from that. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. We That's a natural tendency, whether you're aging or not. I guess we're all aging by, by you know, technically. You know, I, I, and I can relate very personally. My mother is uh, 86 years old and a very independent woman. Uh, prior to COVID, she was making a trip uh, halfway across the world once a year. Uh, and she was always on the go here uh, back in the States as well and very, very social. And so, um, this is a thing, and I think when you look at greatest generation, at least the tailing edge of it, and now the baby boomers, uh, you know, we were taught, uh, we were taught to be independent. We were taught to get out there and to be on your own and to not rely on help from other people. Uh, and by all means, not to look for help from your kids. Uh, so it's, it's a challenge uh, from that regard. So what should our children be looking for? Well, that's, that's a good question. I think there's four areas that we would guide people to think about. Um, the first are you know, the activities of daily living, those ADLs, right? And I'll talk about those. The second is memory. Uh, how are How is memory uh, doing? Mobility. Uh, and then social. How are they keeping up with their social interactions? So, you know, the ADLs are perhaps the easiest, but at the same time, uh, the trickiest as well. ADLs are simple. Are we, how do they, what's the appearance? How is uh, mom or dad looking when you're doing your Zoom call? Have they kept up with their uh, physical appearance? Uh, are, is your father shaving? Is your mother's hair done? Is your father combing his hair? Are they dressed in the same clothes uh, when you see them all the time? Uh, those are simple hygiene questions that uh, you notice um, if you're with them in person over a series of days, um, but you uh, don't necessarily think about paying attention to on a Zoom call. And I will say, by the way, it's not all about Zoom because if you're living close by to your loved ones, you are probably still seeing them. It's just in shorter spurts uh, and that sort of thing. So the other thing would be weight. 
you know, or you can, and this is something you can see on video easily. Are they appearing to keep, keep their weight on? And that would give you an indication if they're uh, eating well, if they're being able to cook for themselves and these sorts of things. Now, when you, you said the second part was memory, yeah. how can somebody on from a distance assess memory, so to speak? Yeah, I think memory um, is, is one that, uh, you always kind of wonder about is that a normal is that a normal slip of memory right. or is that something that is an indicator of something larger but with with memory i think that we can do some simple things um certainly now uh with everything that's going on in our country uh, you can do a simple conversation about current events um and you can ask them about uh, something that happened a week ago or two weeks ago, because it's that short-term memory that we're really interested in. Uh, oftentimes, are they able, able to remember something that happened uh, locally uh, in the news? Um, another thing on memory is to ask them about their friends. This will this serves tw uh, sort of a dual purpose because you'll be able to key in on how social they're being. Are they are they on the phone? Are they Have they been able to figure out FaceTime or other video? chat with their friends and if they are in a community or local that they can see people are they still seeing them but then you know in my case with my mother i know many of her friends and so i can ask her uh some questions about them and i can see how she responds uh to those so it is it is a uh, it is a probing exercise it's interesting that you talked about current events because i was uh getting a message with one of the caregivers on the caregiver facebook groups that i belong to and um, the mom was talking about the terrible political uh, situation in that damn Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's that's a that, that's an interesting one. That would be uh, an that, indicator. That would be. I think that might be a, a tell sign. Exactly. Uh, you know, um, the the other the third area is mobility, and um, you know. I think that may be the, the most challenging with Zoom. I know with my mother, when I do a Zoom call with her, I got to be lucky enough to be able to get her on camera. Usually I'm getting the ceiling and about this much of her head, you know, the top of her head. But if, if, if we can get, uh, again, we can serve multi-purposes. If you can do a Zoom call and say, hey, mom, uh, let's take a look at the Christmas uh, decorations or, um, you know, I haven't seen the living room in a while. And since I'm not here, let's, let's take a quick tour and see if we can get her up and, and moving. And so you can judge a couple things at the same time there. You can take a look from an ABL perspective of how is the house being kept up. But then also from a mobility standpoint, you'll get a sense of her ability to move around the house uh, in that uh, perspective. Or maybe you suggest, hey, mom, when we do our Zoom call next week, maybe we'll do it while you're cooking dinner. And so you can set the camera up in the kitchen and and, and while she's talking to you and making dinner, you're also observing how she's moving around around the kitchen. Well, you know, Charlie, that's interesting that you said that. It just um, sparked something. Bobby was talking to me yesterday that she really misses our grandchildren. And one of the younger ones, well, the youngest one, has taken this affinity to cooking mm -hmm. and baking more yeah. specifically. And she says, I wanted to assume where Lily teaches me to bake something or teaches me to cook something. And so you're saying, hey, let's cook together. That's something, hey, sh work with me on how to bake fresh bread or how to 
yeah. do something that you, you loved growing up. That that's uh, tying those two together. It's Mike, that is a, that's a that's a great thing, and and it also talks about using Zoom in a different way uh, because uh, we're not just having a conversation to check in. Now it's going to be a longer uh, uh, exercise, and so you add right. that social component in as well. And, and, you know, they, nobody needs to know that you're observing the, the movement. I think another one that would be a, a good one to do would be um, a, a puzzle, you know, uh, rather than me do a phone call like we're used to just doing a phone call. We'll set up the, the, the Zoom camera while we're doing a puzzle and we'll do puzzles together. Um, early in the pandemic, my family did uh, family bingo uh, with about 25 members of the family from around, uh, around the country. And, um, oh, wow. and yeah, it was a great, uh, exercise that was back in March. Uh, and we probably should do it again and maybe we'll bring that back out, uh, as the holidays, uh, as we go through the holidays, but, but, um, you can get a free bingo caller online and, and, uh, ask mom or dad to participate in that and, and then get all the grandchildren and the cousins together, the siblings and that sandwich generation. And um, not only do you, you add that socialization piece, but you're going to tell a lot in that uh, time period about cognitive awareness and ability and uh, able to keep up uh, with the game. That's, that's an excellent idea. Well, I'm taking notes on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll have to send you the, uh, the link for the online bingo caller. I, I can't remember oh, it off the top do. of my yeah. head. <laughs> So, Charlie, how did you get into this arena, this caregiving arena? I know Mike and I started with his dad, and that's been 18 years yeah. now that I've been working in this field. You know, I came to it really from a business perspective. Uh, I have uh, been a franchise uh, leader in franchise businesses for much of my career. Uh, this is the third company I've been the CEO of, and previously it was two real estate companies. Um, and uh, I came to uh, to Synergy because of a couple of reasons. Number one is a, a real uh, connection to a noble cause, if you will, through my family and, and the upbringing. Real estate I loved because, you know, that was putting people, uh, most Americans, in the biggest asset and investment they'll ever make in their whole lives and it's the the exhibit the, the, the coming of the american dream is home ownership and when i think about home care what drew me to this was uh, obviously the, the the opportunity that comes with demographics in our country Ten thousand people turn 65 every single day and uh, this is an opportunity for me to serve uh, my community in a different way and uh our mission at Synergy Home Care is to help people thrive at home. And I, I think that that is a very noble and, and a great cause. So, so have you had dementia in your family? As a teenager, my grandmother uh, had dementia. She was um, an amazing woman who was always in command. Uh, and she, uh, I think she would have been a CEO if she was born of this generation. She, uh, she was, uh, a very capable and in charge person. And so as a teenager experiencing her, uh, have dementia was a, uh, an interesting experience. She was also a very proper woman and always well-kept. And as she got deeper into, into dementia and, and losing some of the, those abilities, um, I'm sure it was hard for her, but it was also 
uh, you know, for myself and, and the other, uh, my siblings and my cousins, it was hard to see. I bet. Yeah. I know with me, my growing up, my dad was absolutely fearless. But living with us, and as he moved down that, that dementia path, he yeah. became first off frail, but also afraid. And I had never seen that in my father. And so that was devastating to me because to me, right. although I was taller than him, he was larger than life in, in my mind. So that was very, very difficult. And I imagine yeah. other um, children, yeah, it was, it was... grandchildren, uh, see it the same way, just like you did with your grandmother. I remember, Mike, when we were at the Northern Virginia Caregiver Consortium that we watched online just recently, and one of the presenters said something I found so profound is you have to let go of the person they were in order to embrace yes. the person they've become. And that is so hard for so many caregivers, family members, because they look them the same, but right. their behaviors change so drastically that we can't understand what's happening to them and why they're reacting to us the way that they do. This was 40 some odd years ago for me. So you're bringing back some real uh, memories, but that was, I think, the hard part as a, as a teenager to witness uh, this woman who, uh, you know, we just saw in a certain light, uh, still look the same, but behave and, and act in a completely different way. Um, I will say on the other side of it, though, my grandfather was uh, still very much alive and still very capable at that time. And I think that seeing uh, him take care of her was, was also a very um, uh, memorable uh, experience and left quite an impression on not only myself, but the, the rest of uh, his grandchildren to see that he was, she was always his support. And she was always the one running things that he was out front. She was behind the scenes making it all happen. And we were very much aware of that dynamic. Uh, but then to see it flip and to see him really step into that uh, primary caretaking role was, um, was remarkable. You know, sometimes when the behavior gets really outrageous, then you have, you're have you looking at that person and says, which one is mm -hmm. the real you? The one that you used to pretend to be or the one that you're showing me now? <laughs> and that can really change your feelings for that person if you don't understand that the dementia brain causes all kinds of behaviors and, yeah. and lack of filters that they have no control over. Um, Charlie, one one of the things I'd, I'd like to ask you about now, Synergy does the non-medical personal care in the home. So if I'm looking to bring somebody in to our home uh, for three hours of respite or four hours of respite, what tips can you give our listeners about what safety measures, i.e. corona safety measures, should you look for or insist upon in bringing in a home care provider yeah. into your that's, home? That's an, uh, a great question. Uh, and I think it's somewhat, uh, the specific answer to your question is somewhat driven by what's happening in the local uh, market relative to corona, relative to regulation and requirements 
But let me let me take a step back and start from a different direction on this. I think when you bring a, hair, a caregiver into your home, whether it's for respite, which is a great way to start the process because that family caregiver needs that uh, that assistance and that ability to step away, or whether it's somebody who's going to be in your home on a more long uh, a longer term basis for more hours for more. Uh, uh, you know, ultimately up to 24 hours uh, a day. Um, it's important that there's a trust built uh, between you and the caregiver and the organization that's, that's supporting them. So um, it starts with that. And now obviously COVID brings a, uh, a complicating factor on, on, onto that. So we, we follow every uh, CDC guideline as it relates to safety protocols, PPE, cleanliness, uh, all of those things. Uh, the testing is as simple as asking uh, uh, the caregiver uh, and the agency that's bringing the person to the home uh, about their testing protocol and requirement. For us, we do not mandate testing nationwide, but we do do temperature te checks. We do all of the CDC guidelines. And then we, if testing is, is asked for, then we certainly provide that at that time. Well, it's funny because I was just going to ask that question. I mean, you're coming yeah. into my home. What can I set the parameters yeah. as to what I want to have happen prior to you coming in every time? I know our our mm -hmm. daughter-in-law is a um, cath nurse, and they check her every time she goes in and every time she goes out, and then they uh, do the rapid test. What was it, every week? She does a rapid test. I don't remember. I, I, I don't recall, yeah. but I know if she even, you know, has a dry throat and coughs, she's out of there. Yeah. So uh, I was just wondering if you should, you should be able, hiring somebody to come in. If I can, you should be able to do that. The parameters, you know, every uh, engagement starts with that first phone call. And the advice I would give to anyone who is looking to bring a caregiver into their home is that that first phone call is an important one. And it is connecting with uh, the person who's running the agency, talking to them about scheduling and what your needs are, and then matching the, um, the, the, the caregiver with the needs in the home and having that conversation. And you should feel complete comfort uh, with that conversation. And, um, and then from there, uh, with this overlayment of the pandemic, there are a series of questions that you need to feel comfortable about before you're having someone in the house on a on a full term basis. And if if uh, if an agency is not willing to work with you on those things, then uh, there are plenty of other people in the in in your market that you can give a call to. Are you getting an influx of inquiries now because people who have loved ones who are in care homes and they are locked out and they've not been able to see their loved ones? Um, some people are bringing their loved ones home uh, because of that reason. Yes. Yeah. You know, if you just go back, uh, the whole world uh, in the United States shut down in, in that March, April time frame. And, and we saw that in the home care uh, business as well. But once um, uh, everyone sort of caught their breath and really understood that uh there was still a need for care in the home for the people that were at home. Uh, from that time forward, uh, our inquiries have just continued to grow and grow and grow. And the hours that we're delivering are at uh, all-time records for us. And so what, what's driving that? 
certainly taking people out of skilled nursing facilities and other uh, uh, facilities uh, and getting them back at home. Once selective surgeries started to come uh, back, then you saw hospitals moving people out of the hospital much faster as well. And so not only have we seen a rise in demand, but you've seen, you know, home care as a spectrum from companion care uh, on the lightest side to personal care uh, on uh, on the other side of the spectrum. And we've really seen the, the hours come back mo- most intensely in the uh, acute side of of the spectrum, people who have real needs uh, for care. And then just real interesting, and, and it's not, I don't think you'd see this as much in in the dementia space, but we see a lot of creative uses of, of home care as well. Uh, great stories of people who are, uh, are giving birth in hospitals and uh, they can't bring people into the hospital anymore. And uh, a loved one is at home having to take care of the other kids. And now we're sending caregivers in to take care of and be with the mother and baby for those two or three days that they're in the hospital because the resources are so depleted in the hospital, everybody in the COVID ward. And so uh, that's an example of um, sort of a creative that's use of, of, of home care. And, and um, we're, we're spending a lot of time also in facilities um, nursing homes, skilled nursing facilities, uh, just to provide that extra layer of support because the family can't get in uh, anymore. So you're seeing sort of creative uh, applications for home care these days. Well, there's a number of people who say they could, this, they bring somebody into their home. And we had one family member, that, a very loving daughter who brought her mother into her home and what, this I did not sign up for this. I had no idea. Now, fortunately, she had a daughter who was a natural caregiver. But this care at home is not something everybody can do or everybody should do. But the services that you offer make it more possible for some of those people who thought they did, they couldn't do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it. It. it you know, when my father, my father had. Uh, pretty advanced Parkinson's and uh, then had a stroke. Um, and I think I mentioned my mother earlier on our conversation is very independent woman uh, who, by the way, she was a registered nurse for her career and a very care oriented person, but she found it very challenging to take care of my father um, because uh, the, the level of care he required was was beyond uh, her physical strength in some cases, uh, but also her, what, what would the word be? You know, her, her. it's not her interest level, but it's just that it was taking so much out of her from what who she was as a person. Right. And uh, and so home care, and my father had home care, and, and it just changed everything for my, uh, for my uh, mother and for my father while he was still living. Well, you certainly have given us some some food for thought and some interesting ideas and really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, every time we do one of these, I learn something. Now, maybe I won't retain it, but at least I learned something for 10 minutes. Um, it's it's kind of like when Bobby corrects me. I learn, 
but then 10 minutes later, right? It, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my, I can attest to that after 33 what, years. What did uh-huh. my mom used to say, in one ear and then out the other? Uh-huh. <laughs> but That's right. At any rate, we certainly, certainly thank you for coming on. It's, it's been an absolute joy. Yeah, well, it's my pleasure too, Bobby and, and Mike. Thank you very much. Well, you've certainly given me some creative ideas and, and some information about home care that I had not even considered was available. So I'm sure that's going to be valuable to our listeners as well. well that's terrific. Thank you. Thank you. You can find more information about Charlie and Synergy Home Care on our website at rogerthat.show. This has been Roger That, and I'm Bobby. And I'm Mike. And we are dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. Roger That is produced by Missing Link, a media podcast company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast raising the bar on craft cocktails. Here you meet interesting folks, enjoy boozy banter, and learn how to make craft cocktails from a master. And if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and all those in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows as your review helps our show reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.